You're listening to Dance Matters podcast series created for the Interchange Festival and commissioned by Delving into Dance and Critical Path. In it, I speak to a variety of people who work with or are interested in dance. I begin each conversation asking them what are the first three words that come to their mind when they think about dance. Movement, expression, body. From there, we freestyle into a plethora of themes that touch upon the relationship between dance and care for the environment. We speak about connection between dance and intuition. We dream about a world where everyone would dance, a world without judgment and with a greater sense of community. We look at the connection between dance and uncertainty and how dance could teach us to embrace the natural flow of life. And amongst all this talk about movement, we also consider the importance of stillness and silence, both in dance and in life. In the episode you're about to listen, you will hear from Australian composer, performer, sound artist and artistic director of Sydney Improvisers Composers Collective Orchestra, Trevor Brown, with whom I spoke about the relationship between improvised dance and improvised music, both of which, as Trevor explains, give us an opportunity to express our inner states, develop trust and explore the cracks and crevices in between of what we know and what we are yet to discover. This podcast was recorded on the Gadigal land of Eora Nation, traditional custodians of the land on which we live, work and dance, and we pay our respect to their elders, past, present and emerging. What are the first three words that come to your mind when you think about dance? Movement, expression and body. What do you think about the idea that some people have about themselves that they can't dance? Well, it's an interesting thing because I think that anyone moving in space is in a sense dancing. And it doesn't even have to be consciously dancing. Like saying someone cooking is in a sense doing a dance in the kitchen, moving between spaces. I'm thinking of some friends in Italy who were um, all cooking at the same time. It was like a beautiful dance of these three women and the, the, the way they moved in the kitchen was just as choreographed as a dance. But they weren't, probably didn't think they were dancing. Have you ever on the dance floor seen somebody that you thought, oh, this person shouldn't be dancing? No, but 
No, I think that when you see people doing like even some weird and angular and uncomfortable looking movements, sometimes you think that it's good that they're doing it because you, I think it expresses an internalness. And so, you know, there's a guy that you see often at Sydney at our gigs, there's this old guy with a funny hat on and a beard and he just, he looks like what we would say a crazy person just sort of jabbering around the front of the room but he's having a time of his life and totally expressing himself quivers and shakes and gesticulates and stomps up and down and he comes to some things religiously like every week what does dance mean to you dance is one of these words it's, it's like poetry it's it's it, it means many things it doesn't just mean the physical movement of body even though that's the first three things that i said of said earlier when you said you get three words it's it's actually it's a it's a physical markation of time i mean that's a sort of analytical way of looking at it but it's a physical markation of time demarcation of time as time passes in the same way as time passes in music it's the changing of oral states or even if those oral states don't change it's still significant and in the same way someone could be standing totally still but that could be that's a it's dance because it's a conscious or even unconscious demarcation of time physically what do you think stops some people from dancing self-consciousness what are they afraid of Oh, looking silly or not, or, but I think it's even more than that. I mean, I notice that myself dancing, so, sometimes I just like, I don't think I'm dancing right to this music and I'm just feeling not connected. And that's especially in, in, um, in, like I said, where we are at Woodford Folk Festival, there are ways to dance certain sorts of music and there are lessons and classes on how to do that. And then when you know how to do it, like you're, you're or being taught how to do it, you're in this, like you have a, a handle on how that music's expressed. But so often since the 60s, you know, sort of free dancing and people, you know, like people stopped dancing together, partner dancing and sort of stuff. It's like it's all just express yourself. But then people don't know what to express sometimes. I think that's what stops people dancing. They don't know how to express themselves. You can do anything you want. Well, then that's that makes that's paralysis by choice, as opposed to um, this is how you dance to this music. So you mentioned that some music doesn't inspire you to dance as much. It sounds that there is a particular kind of music that inspires you more than other to dance. No, say for example, there was uh, some music that had a very particular way of dancing to it, like some Persian music. There's a way to dance to it. I wouldn't know how to do it unless I was shown. And then I could express myself, but it's like, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm, like I'm sort of, it's like, it's like going to a foreign country and then they serve up food and utensils you've never used and you don't know how to, do you squeeze the lemon first or do you, you know, what's that bowl for? Do you wash your hands in it or do you drink out of it? That sort of thing. So do you think it would be offensive to dance in a way that's not, traditional to invent your own well, I just know for, from experience of I, I know I can fake 
salsa dancing like the best of them. But when I'm with salsa dancers, they, it just freaks them out because they have a way of dancing and I'm not following the right steps. And it's like, I actually can't dance with you. Mm -hmm. If I went there, just show me how to do it and I'd learn the steps. But I go in there thinking I, I, I can fake it and it just throws them out and it makes them feel bad mm -hmm. because they can't do their stuff. So yeah, I'm traumatized by salsa dancing. Just being left on the dance floor is like, oh no, <laughs> it's, it's terrible. How similar is improvised dancing to improvised music? Totally similar. The same. Except it seems to me that with improvised music, you still need to know how to play an instrument or... No. Uh, no, no, because a lot of improvised music is how to not playing instruments, how to find ways to make sounds that aren't normal be produced from that instrument. A lot of, and it's about ex explorations of all the cracks and crevices in between what we know. And so I think it's very similar. I think all the same processes are involved. It's utilizing what you have to, to pass the passage of time, mark it with some sound or movement. I think it's, I think it's very similar. And what I find, what, 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 what is interesting is that a lot of trained dancers are not very good improvisers because they're doing their shtick, which is what a lot of improvised music is about, is trying to get rid of your shtick and do stuff that hasn't been heard before. But a lot of trained dancers, it's very hard for them to get away from their pointy toes and their wafty arms and, you know. To let go. Hmm. Is that similar with music? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Have you ever experienced when you dance stillness within dance? Uh, yeah, yeah. Some people speak about it as stillness, some as disappearance, some as grounding. Or... I have, there's a piece of music that I remember once when I, I, was, I was 18 or 19 and I had my first share house at, in, at university and was setting up for a party and I this old stereo system that I'd set up and I was testing out to see how it sounded. I put on some music that I wasn't very familiar with. I didn't know much about it, but it was Tim Buckley. Um, and I remember having this dance by myself in this room that was set up and I was just by myself and I danced for the length of this track, which is about eight or nine minutes and totally lost, left myself and fully expressed myself for the first time as an 18 year old. I still, I still use that track when I'm DJing sometimes, 30, more than 30 years later. It brings back to me that sound of just, that feeling of just totally lo like losing myself. Is improvised music and then improvised dance in any way related to uncertainty? Yeah, because you're creating the world as you go, and and um, and it involves uncertainty, but it also involves if you're improvising with others, an enormous trust and non-judgment, because you can think you're heading in a certain direction, and someone else makes a choice, and you're in another direction, it totally changes where you think you were. The, your world can turn inside out, upside down, and you just have to believe that that's now where you are and it's not where you thought you were and so 
It's uncertainty, but it's also trust. Is it trust or respect? Both. So does it then matter with whom you dance or with whom you play music? If those things are understood, then no. If everyone is on the same... If everyone has, a, has this level of trust and respect and other things like ego and things are put aside, trusting that people are, and respecting that people have their own pace and their own way and and um, and that's hard to find because it's hard to find people who like where if you want to call it trust respect and ego are all in balance then it's really hard to find people who can have that at the same time have you ever tried dancing in silence for sure how does that feel what are you moving through then well, you're talking to a musician who hears music in silence. But then I'm responding to the music of the blood in my veins. I don't know, there's, there's music and sound everywhere. There's no such thing as silence and we can let's also understand that. And then ideas have sound. So you're thinking of something when you dance at those moments? Well, there's those things of, well, you know, like you're still, you're a blank canvas. Now you will dance. What will you do? Will I move my hand? Will I move my shoulder? Will I breathe? Will I do this or that? And then, and so you're, I suppose your internal process of how should I approach this? So there is thought, but then there's also feeling. And then it's also once again, balancing thought and feeling. What made you dance in silence? Well, one time it may have been my dance theatre teacher saying, now you're going to dance in silence. Other times it would be a particular mood or experience. I've never danced in silence. Never had an urge to dance in silence. Because for me, dancing is so related to music. Mm. Like music makes me want to move. Mm. The rhythm. No, but then, yeah, for me, as a you know musician composer, then I'm always like my job is finding music in silence. So I I, I don't know. And then. Like I write, I used to write a lot of my music while walking. I used to have to walk, you know, half an hour home from school every day. And I'd write tunes in that time, you know, get home and write them down on paper. Just because walking gives you a rhythm. It's silence, but it's a, there's a rhythm, you know. Mm. And then in a sense, nature has a rhythm. Mm. And um, I mean, I'm thinking of, you know, like, when you just feel move to move, you know, you might be on a headland and there's a moon rise over the ocean and feel like moving. Mm. That may express itself as yoga or stretching or some sort of dynamic yoga sort of thing, but that's still a dance in a sense, isn't it? Well, I did yoga many times in silence, mostly always in silence. I don't know if I would think of it as dance. It's, um, 
But have you done freeform yoga where you would uh, move one posture into another, into another with no... Yeah, yeah. But that's because of my training or my very early exchange with dance idea of one movement moving into the other is just almost like a natural thing and have you ever invented sequences of yoga moves yeah so it's choreographing in a sense yeah and intuition and everything falls into it but also feeling there's always feeling in movement i mean i'm always conscious well i can question that looking at some dancers you know (laughs) is there any feeling in that Yeah, I do agree that train dance is fear moving. I'm sure you can imagine that, but, well, imagine it, the world where everyone would dance, where there would be no person who would think that they can't dance. Mm -hmm. Maybe the days would begin with a dance. What would that world look like? It looked like Woodford Folk Festival. If you're up early enough to do the early morning dance classes <laughs> or stay awake long enough to dance through the night. The first few times that I came in here, we used to see how long we could continually dance. We would dance between stages and then dance and dance and dance the entire day. And then do it again the next day and do four or five days of continuous dancing. There's still people here who don't dance, do you think? People who sit and listen to music. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I sometimes uh, I've observed this is that when you're when you're dancing, you listen differently, and you notice the difference between listening music and dance music. One may be rhythmic, but also you listen differently when you're dancing, and so there's different modes of listening and so if you really want to listen it's you don't dance if you're thinking about other things you're thinking about where your feet are and other things but if you really want to take it all in from that one sense then maybe you wouldn't dance because i'm torn often like today i was watching boban markovic from i think it's serbia is he from serbia and um you know the first bit i just had to take it in i couldn't dance even though it was the danciest music i've heard in years but I just had to take it in. I couldn't dance because I was just, my ears had, had overloaded with mm. um, just trying to work out what the hell was going on. Mm. Yeah, I found myself stopping a few times when it was the most powerful mm. musically, just almost as a sign of respect, which is interesting because we often offer silence as a sign of respect to something. Mm. And that stopping in stillness is also a sign of that. What role does stillness play in your life, generally? What role does it play? Uh, of late, is it is a desirable but unattainable situation, but it's very important. It's the place where everything starts, and I suppose it's also an end. When do you experience yourself being still? Practicing my instrument, performing, playing, when I'm just totally in that moment of not thinking and just able to play. And if I allow myself to uh, 
find stillness. And that's something you have to concentrate on. You do? One has to concentrate to find, me, I have to concentrate to find stillness of late because my, I feel like my life has been fairly hectic. But um, it's something I'm actually meditating on and finding more stillness, but not as much stillness as I would like. When you walked and wrote music, did you feel still in those moments? It's like it's like the theory of relativity. It's like if you're uh, traveling at the same speed as next to a thing that's traveling at the same speed, it looks like you're not traveling. And if you're in good rhythm, you're totally still, in a sense, because you're in your created world. And I think good music is like that, where it feels like you're still, even though you're moving and dance. Now, when a dance floor is just, let's say, cooking and everyone is just grooving and there's, there's everyone's able to synchronize and the music is flowing and the people are flowing, that's a beautiful stillness in a sense, isn't it? Harmony. Harmony. Mm. Mm. Akram Khan, who is one of choreographers and dancers, he says that the only time he's still is when he dances. Mm. Which makes me think of that concept of being in your element. Yeah, but only if you're in your element. Like, you know, sometimes... I could be playing a concert and I'm struggling and I'm not still then. Other times, I'm, and only because I know what it was like to be still in that situation where there's, you know. It's actually, I, I used this for a documentary I made years ago, this one on poetry, what is poetry? And a guy, he said, poetry is like being in the zone, like in sport when you know, you kick the ball and it goes in the goal or you, it's a beautiful pass and everything's flowing. Poetry's like that and dance is like that and stillness is like that. It seems to me connected to that thing you said earlier about losing yourself. Almost you're erased and you maybe experience full connection with the space yeah. in those moments. Well, it's like um, you know, this concept of Zen, Zen and the art of archery, whereas, you know, you be the target, you be the arrow hitting the target, all, the, all these things of uh, you know, misused Zen concepts. But it's like you are, you become the thing. You let your ego fall away, you let everything fall away, you just are the thing. I want to throw this apple core in that bin over there and you just throw it you believe it's going to go in, it's going in, and it goes in, and that's this stillness, and it's a Zen concept, which is, Zen is anything, it's about stillness. I feel stillness when I walk. That's why ideas can come for me then. I feel more restless when I sit. When Zen is the art of no mind, is that what they call it? Maybe I'm paraphrasing or misphrasing, but it's the art of no mind. Maybe no thought. Mind is still there, but the clutter of, mm. and thoughts become clear. What does concept spatial awareness 
75 for you. <laughs> it's definitely a generational thing. I just noticed at this festival, young people have no concept of spatial awareness, I think, because of telephones and and um, they've just been brought up in a virtual world. They just don't realise they're standing in the middle of a doorway while texting or walking with their head down or just shouting loudly standing next to someone. They just have no concept of space. They're in virtual worlds since birth and just have lost his sense. It's, it's like... That's the first thing when you say spatial awareness comes to me. And the more times you spend in cities, in our automated society where everything's being done for us, you lose your sense of direction, you lose your, you know, oh, where are we going to go? I'll just look at my phone and look at the map. I don't, you know, what did we do before that? We'd remember. You look at the street directory once and you remember. How to go 50 kilometers away with 20 street turns? You just remember it. Now you like you check. You have to check the phone every every three k's to make sure you're going the right direction. Because we've just we would also in the past allow for more time for the potential of getting lost on our way yeah. to something, which is actually a beautiful thing. This allowing for the time to get lost. That's true. Not needing to reach the destination as quickly as we now want to reach. It's with everything, it's with finding answers to questions. Everything needs to happen instantaneously. Well, in the past, even communication, you know, sending a letter to someone or... Mm. And the same with reaching a destination spatially. What would you say, why does dance matter now? Why does dance matter? Because dance, like I said earlier, is like poetry. It is a condensed expression of thought or emotion. And there's not enough of that. I would like to see our politicians dancing. Maybe we just, we don't let them talk at the next election. We just let them dance and we judge them from their movements. I didn't think they would stand chance. <laughs> <laughs> we end up with anarchy. <laughs> well, it's interesting because according to some things I was reading, it's politicians who want to prohibit dance. Well, sure. Yeah. That, that's why dance matters, because it's an important... Yeah, I, I'd like to say equaliser. In some sense. Because, like you were saying, it's... it's like, if you want to judge someone on the way that they move, then that's not their issue, it's yours. You have to deal with your judgment issues, <laughs> not, their, not their movement issues, you know. I think that's why dance matters. Thank you for listening to Dance Matters podcast series, produced for the Interchange Festival and commissioned by Delving into Dance and Critical Path. This podcast was recorded and edited by Ira Ferris, with music and production support of Trevor Brown. For other eight episodes in this series, 
see Dance Matters playlist on Artemis Project SoundCloud. And you can also listen via iTunes. iTunes.